0: hi everybody and welcome back to another exciting edition of words images and worlds delighted on this episode to be talking with author lynn kelly lynn thank you for taking the time to join me i I love the outdoor cafe space that you're currently (laughs) uh enjoying at at least pretending to be
1: yes (laughs) yeah
0: yeah i love it love it um i appreciate your work a great deal and, and glad to talk about your books as well as anything that's upcoming any ideas that are currently circulating in your mind so thanks for jumping in and talking
1: oh thank you for having me yeah
0: yeah my pleasure uh of course I usually like to start out with a question that relates to author origins what was it about telling stories through prose through books that really drew you in and initially connected you as a reader
1: yeah, I found that I, I guess I'm I'm pretty good at um, stumbling into things accidentally that I discover I love enough to keep doing forever. So that's true for both of the careers I have now. I hadn't planned to be a sign language interpreter. I hadn't ever planned to be an author, and those are the two things I do now. Um, so it wasn't until I got the idea for what became my first novel, Chained. That I discovered writing. I've always loved reading. I've always loved books. Um, So that helps with the storytelling. But Uh I just hadn't thought about being a writer um, as a a thing I could do. Um, So I was uh, teaching at the time. I taught special ed for a few years. And it was during that time I got the idea for the the story Chained uh, about a captive elephant. And at first I thought, oh, this is an interesting anecdote I might turn into a story. It would be good to tell the students at school. It's a good illustration of success and failure about this captive elephant who could only get home if she knew she was strong enough. And Uh from there, Uh I thought, well, maybe if it's good, you know, maybe this could be something for a wider audience. And it's not just for these students that I teach in this classroom. And it grew from there. Um, I had to figure out Okay, what now? what what do I do with a, a story? How do I turn it into a whole book? and and then what? How do I get it published? So I had a lot to learn about writing, but I'm so glad I did it because even though it took a lot of time and of course, a lot of work, but mm-hmm. I found I I really do like taking an idea and seeing how it unfolds into a story. So, um, you know, partly because I had a lot to learn and partly because it it can just take a long time to write a book. And this was one that was a bit research heavy because of, of the setting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was uh, six years from idea to publication. And it's, it's no, probably a good well. thing I didn't know that at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And it's that's not terribly unusual, really. Um, but it was about three years before I had a, a draft that was strong enough to send to editors. And then, as any writer knows, there's the the querying, the revisions that can seem endless, you know, many rounds of revisions. Um getting an agent, and then the, um, you know, sort of querying starts all over again as they um, submit to editors, and you, you know, get a, usually a no, sometimes a yes um, for those, so, and then even after an editor says, yes, there's more revision to do, and then more time it takes to get the book published, so uh, with all of that, yeah, six years from idea to publication, um, but I did find I, um, I wanted. to keep doing that so which was good because it it was a lot of um education in in, uh, researching how do i write a book how do i get it published um so i think it's it's good that i uh, didn't stop at one because that would have been a lot of um a lot of education for you know one project uh but i found no i I really do like doing this despite the the time that it takes (laughs) and all the Mm -hmm. work but um i yeah i like taking an idea and seeing uh where who this character is that um is the one to drive this story, and uh, where do they take it from here? How, do, how does it end up?
0: Yeah, yeah, I love it, and they're really interesting connections, really interesting links between classroom right. worlds, teaching worlds, and, and authoring, so nice to hear that teaching has also been part of your story, and I imagine right. with interpreting, you spend time in classrooms as well.
1: I do sometimes. I um, it, it's a, a kind of career that can have a lot of variety to it, or can be one that has a lot of stability. There are interpreters who like to know where they're going every day, and they they want to know, like, I'm going to this particular school, and that's where I am all day every day. I okay. like more variety, so it's nice I can uh, pick and choose um, assignments to take. So I sometimes am in public schools, um, usually not an all day thing, um, but I. Also, twice a week now, I'm at a college campus, uh, um, two afternoons a week. Uh-huh. Other things I fill in with um, things that are more um, occasional, like uh, someone's doctor appointment or someone's you know meeting at work. Um, so I get to um, have a pretty good variety um, in that work that I do. But I am in schools at times also. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and you also have this really interesting thread because you have Song for Well uh, as well. And so there's that nature motif in, in both of those books, as well as this sort of learning about humanity through learning about nature sort of experience, um, which is one of the things that I, I sort of glean from it.
1: I do love thinking about our connections to the natural world. I'm especially interested in animal communication, as you could tell from probably anything that I've written. Um, I love thinking about what are our connections to animals and how we can communicate with them and what what do we have in common with them Um, despite the many differences what what is it we have that we can what level can we connect to animals Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. and and i'll mention the schneider awards um thank you yeah yeah absolutely and congratulations on that and um speaking of connections and stories that uh, explore human experiences emotions just wanted to to mention that as well because i didn't mention it at the beginning of the uh interview that was for song of a whale is that right
1: that was i did get the schneider award for song for a whale and that that was a real honor to get they uh, that's an award that's it's been around for a long time and um that award um selects a book that has um strong disability representation so in this case with the mm-hmm. character being deaf that was the story they they chose that year so so honored to get that
0: yeah yeah um so any messages for young creators out there people uh kids that are in classrooms that are reading your books and thinking oh maybe one day i will do this too
1: sure uh, One thing is um you will see and hear a lot of writing advice um, or probably whatever creative field you're in, you will see and hear so much advice. And some of it uh, seems to conflict. Um, But I think the best advice there then is you will find what fits for you, what works for you. Um, you If there's some advice that that says, this is the way it's done and that's it, I I would maybe not (laughs) not consider that so much. Like you, you might hear you have to write every day if you're gonna be a writer. Well, not everyone can do that. Um, oh. students are busy, students have a lot going on. Um, you might have other activities. And then when you're older, you have families and jobs and all that. Not everyone okay. can write every day. I think if you can, it's good to take at least a few minutes and just you know write down something you overheard that day or something you think of about a future character or your own character you're working on, but Um, I don't think it's true that you're not a writer if you can't do it every day. You will find um, what works best for you if it's um, writing for some time in the morning before anything else is happening or maybe you're more creative later in the day. Um, You you will find um, the best practice for you and you you can consider any advice that you see or hear, um, especially if it's feedback about your work. I like to at least consider it um, because there's a reason that that person brought that up. But you might find a different way to solve whatever it is they brought up um, in your story. So I like to consider advice and then um, you'll decide, does this work for you or or is there something better? And I would also say like for more practical writing advice, maybe at least what has worked best for me when trying to uh, come up with what my character might do throughout this story. uh, When I figure out not just what is it my character wants but what is it my character is afraid of? Or you might think of it as, what does my character uh, think they cannot do? And so, because I think so many stories are about that. There's something this character cannot do right now at the beginning of the story, or at least they think they can't. Mm -hmm. And by the end of that story, we're going to see them doing that thing or facing that fear. We're going to see something that lets us know, oh, they did it. Even if you just look at that last scene, you would know, Oh, okay, whatever happened in the story, they accomplished what they needed to do. So I like to keep those things in mind. And I'm not a big planner. Um, Some authors are. They like to plan everything about a story before they really write the story. Um, Sometimes making a very detailed outline or writing every scene that's going to happen beginning to end. I like to discover the story more as I go. Uh But Uh if you're like that, it could be easy also to get lost in the wilderness that way if we just have so many ideas that just take us. So far away from the story. So I do like to know some things going ahead, kind of like knowing, at least knowing where you're going, um, say on a, on this journey. Um, so if I know at least roughly how is this story going to end? Um, I think it's good to know too, what's going to happen at the midpoint of the story? Uh-huh. What's going to happen to make this character think, you know what, uh, what I've been doing is at working, I need to do something else. So even just knowing a couple of things that are that are ahead of me, that helps me stay on the right path in getting the story written.
0: Love that. Love that. Um, So we mentioned the the connection to nature, and the Schneider Award, any particular takeaways that you would want readers to leave your books with and keep thinking about?
1: Yeah, I, I think it connects to um, w- what I mentioned that I, I like to think about with my characters. Uh, um, mm-hmm. For one, you know, the, there are there are things that we're afraid to do that that we really have to do to grow, and that it's okay to be afraid. I think my, uh, my characters would show that they are afraid to take the next step or they're nervous, but that doesn't mean you can't do it. You can just be afraid and go ahead and do this uh-huh. thing. This hard thing you need to do anyway. And I would also love for readers our serve. Well, for readers and uh, writers, since you mentioned creatives too, um, that you do have stories to tell. We all uh-huh. have different experiences. You're going to have stories to tell that nobody else will tell, or you'll um, tell your story a different way than anyone else. So you do have stories to tell and there will be an audience for those there will be people who want to read your stories Mm -hmm. and for what else to take away from my characters in addition to um you know being afraid and uh, doing this thing anyway um that we can find the strength to to do things and to speak up for ourselves too i think a lot of stories are about that also a character who has to uh, find the strength to do something that they they really thought they couldn't Mm -hmm.
0: love it love it um, so I'll mention again, Chain and Song for a Well. And um, this is the portion of the episode where we talk about anything that's currently in development, ideas that are circling your mind. I know that sometimes titles and particular things can't be talked about, um, depending on where they are in development. But just wanted to give you the opportunity to do that, as well as to share about um, spaces where people can connect, and any upcoming events or anything of that nature.
1: Right. Yeah, I do have one I can I can talk about because um, it's uh, a few months away, which. Um, Might seem like a long way, but then um, the months just fly by. Mm -hmm. So I don't know Mm -hmm. about you, but it seems like the months just fly by. So I know it's going to be here before I know it. But I'm so happy to say that I do have another book coming out soonish. So in April next year, I will have um, another novel. It's called The Secret Language of Birds. It has some of the same characters as in Song for a Whale um it's not a sequel because it's not a continuation of that same character's journey um and and people who read song for a whale might be surprised at who the main character is um it's the character named nina who was um our main character iris is um pretty annoying nemesis um, mm-hmm. in the story. <laughs> so it Love might it. be surprising she's the main character now but um she's a, a you know a wise 13 year old a, a year later not so not so much an annoying 12 year old um <laughs> so this will be her story and she will reconnect with iris in a few of the chapters and they will um, have a better relationship than they had before and um she is trying to figure something out and she knows you know iris would be really good at helping me solve this problem and Uh figuring out this mystery if only i get her to talk to me so they (laughs) they do end up uh, teaming up in order to solve this but um that's this story was inspired by an article i saw in texas monthly uh, where I, I found out that whooping cranes have nested in Texas for the first time in over a century. Oh, wow. We do have some that that winter on the Texas coast, 500 something that spend their winters on the southern Texas coast. But of course, winter time isn't nesting season. Um, mm-hmm. Even you know, being a warmer climate than their their home in um, Canada for most of the year, um, still not the right time of year to build nests and lay eggs. But some have wandered over from louisiana there's a small non-migratory population they really belong there louisiana but kind of like my character nina they don't uh, really recognize boundaries and uh. <laughs> they have uh, wandered over and this was in there was one couple in 2020 that came over um, built a nest laid eggs they did it again in 2021 as did another couple um so far those um, hatchlings were not successful sadly that happens for many reasons Um, but hopefully you know one day they'll um wander this way again and um, have a successful um, whooping crane hatchling here in texas so i have nina seeing something like that she discovers that a um, nesting couple of cranes at her summer camp in east texas and she's all in on birds now and if you know that character you could guess that. Anything she's interested in, she's all in. So she knows all about birds now. and she sees uh, what she's pretty sure is is a whooping crane and then another and what looks like a nest. But she knows, well, wait, they don't live here though. so is this isn't could I be wrong? or um this this is impossible, isn't it? So, that's what she discovers. Um, she's also at a part of camp that is off limits. So she knows she needs to report this, but also she can't do that without telling on herself and others uh, for okay. exploring off limits part of camp. So uh, that's a, a little bit about the secret language of birds coming up in April. And then I do have another um, one in the works that I'm revising now. So not announced yet, but hopefully soon, um, coming out in 2025. So I'm so happy I'll have two books without so many years in between them coming out
0: yeah yeah sounds like uh you've been busy and active
1: yes and I will be the next um, few months as I revise this next (laughs) novel
0: I am sure I'm sure um so I mentioned events I imagine you'll have those coming up with the new book but then also um potential author visits places where people can connect online and things of that nature
1: Oh, yes, I would I'd love to do author visits. So look forward to more of those coming up. And yeah, no events that are um, confirmed yet, but I, I I will be doing something, I'm sure, with uh, with this next book um, that's coming out in April. Just nothing um, on the calendar yet for that. Um, but people can find out where I'll be and, and stay updated. Um, probably my website is the best place to start. So that's linkellybooks.com, So just my first name, last name, Books. Dot com and I um, update events there. And that's where my, uh, my social media um, is on there too. I have a contact mm-hmm. page where people can sign up for my newsletter and see where else I am online.
0: Fantastic. I'll make sure to link it. Thank and you. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I- also loving that you have Nina as the main character and the relationship gets to grow and the character right. gets to grow. So I love that as well.
1: Yeah, she has a... Um, A bit of um, reconciling to do and -hmm. (laughs) and acknowledging that her uh, behavior wasn't great. Um, Someone could read these books in any order. It's probably probably best to read Song for a Whale first so you know who these characters are. But um, I I wanted to um, write this story in a way that um, someone wouldn't feel lost if they picked this up first and had not read Song for a Whale. Mm -hmm. So there's, um, I think, enough in there that we introduce the characters and know um, a bit of their backstory going into this one. Nice,
0: nice. Well, well. thank you again for taking some time to talk. Did we miss anything that you want to make sure to mention before we wrap up? I think
1: up? we covered everything. So that's the the big news is that I do have a book coming up in April and um, any other announcements, I'll update those online.
0: All right. Well, sounds wonderful. And thank you again and uh, glad to feature you anytime.
1: Great. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you.